Hi, and welcome to the Women Doing It Big in Beauty podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me here in the guest chair. I have Ms. Joy McLaughlin Harris of Touch of Joy International. And what can I say about Joy? Joy is a master hair care specialist. She is an educator, a former salon owner, a speaker, a author, a wife, a mother, and she is a mover and a shaker. She is also a three-time author with a recently published new book, Making the Shift. I am so excited to be here with Joy today. So now, Joy, in your own words, tell the listeners a little bit about who Joy is and how she chose a career in the beauty industry. Okay, so just to give you guys, hello everyone listening, a little bit about me. Um, I started uh, being in the beauty industry. This is my 20th year in the beauty industry. So being at home, starting to do hair at 12 years old and starting to take a a liking to it, a love into it, going to salons with my mom and, you know, just seeing the ladies do hair. I just really started to develop a passion for hair. And since I was already doing hair, starting at the age of 12 and people kept coming to get their hair done, I was like, I need to get license to do this yeah so that was the decision point at the age of 12 that I wanted to be a licensed hairstylist is what we call it but cosmetologist is the correct term at the age of 12 wow so 12 12 years old 12 years old I thought I started early <laughs> I started at 16 no nope, in started, high school but you started, started at 12. 12 yeah putting a carpet on my mama uh, yeah. hair on my mama carpet and she fussing like joy please stop cutting hair I said why well, vacuum it up she said it didn't all come up <laughs> so I remember uh, it was the prom and at that time I was 17 and I had a full book of wow. people no license now y'all wow. y'all know how we do <laughs> when we first start that's why I had to get my license yes and I was booked up at my mom's house and from that point I had ongoing traffic in and out of my mom's house because of course I was living with my mom still. Uh-huh, uh-huh. so as soon as I um, my 12th grade year in high school I went to Kenneth Schuler because okay. they didn't have a program at the high school okay. I was attending. Okay. And that was the start to me getting my license. So I actually got my license in high school. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So you knew at the age of 12 age that of 12. you wanted a career in the beauty industry. Yes. Yes. So once you got licensed, how did you decide where you wanted to work? Because I know you had to get out of oh, your yeah. mom's yeah. Um, living room. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I had to get out of my mom's living room. So I ended up actually meeting this lady. Um, her name was Dee Dee. Dee Dee was my first salon, bold and beautiful. Okay. Rosewood. If you guys live in South Carolina, y'all know where that is. Um, and I ended up running into her. And she was getting ready to open up a salon. I was new out of school. So at that time, I didn't know a lot about commission, but she was a booth in the salon. Okay. So I probably shouldn't have said her name because she charged me $50 a week. But um, she, okay. she gave me my start in the beauty industry. But like I said, that was 20 years ago. And I was like, well, I can find two clients or one, you know, to yes. pay the booth rent. Yes. So that's how I made the decision where I wanted to get my start basically by um, running into her. She's telling me she want to open a salon. I loved her spirit. Okay. So I gave it a shot. Okay. That and was how, my start. Okay. And how long did you stay? there with her I was at Didi's shop for probably two years and then I transitioned to another salon with my clientele built on the side of town that I moved because now I'm grown and got my own place okay so I transitioned to another side of town of course where the booth rent was more but I had more clients okay after about two years okay okay and when did you decide that you wanted your own salon when I got tired of dealing with other people's stuff and I was just like Lord I got to do something different Um, unprofessionalism salons not being clean 
clean um, and just just not being at a place where I had peace. So mm -hmm. that's when I made a decision like, okay, I need to figure out what I need to do to get my own salon so yes. I can create the culture. I can make sure it's clean. Yes. And I can make sure it's professional. Yes. So it was probably after being on the other side of town and working in about three more salons after DD shop mm -hmm. that I made a decision that it's time for me to open my own salon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know your most recent salon that you um, recently sold yes. was Verve Salon. Yes. And that was a culture that you created. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I remember seeing Verve everywhere. Right. <laughs> and I was like, who is Verve Salon? <laughs> yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what Make, how you got into that culture because I know that you've had a few salons before yes. um, Verve was birthed, yes. right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you got to the Verve brand. Okay, so of course in the industry you get in and get out too fast, mm -hmm. so I had to learn some hard lessons. I had to close some previous salons because I didn't have stuff structured right mm -hmm. and I wasn't doing what I needed to do with my money. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to Verve, I learned how to do business differently. Okay. I got mentors, people that taught me more about money um, and that's when I started do, uh, paying myself and doing money differently so by the time I got to the Verve salon I was a better person because okay. I dealt with some inner issues as well too yes. I was uh -huh. a better owner um, and the culture was more it, I've always had a professional culture in my salons but this time it was another level of professionalism because I was another at another level yes. professionally yes yes so um, Verve salon I actually restructured it where each salon owner had their own individual suite mm -hmm. unlike the other salons which were open up okay so now it gave people an opportunity to have ownership without paying all of the overhead okay so okay. when I did that of course it changed the environment and the culture was still very professional but it gave people a sense of ownership which created a lot of leaders in one building yes and absolutely. I still mentored them because my big thing was mentorship after someone mentored me I realized the importance of having mentorship so I think when I did verb that was the biggest shift for me when I allow someone to mentor me and I took the time to work on me yes prior to yes. opening that yes. it made everything better yes because people really don't realize how our personal and professional uh, lives are so yes, intertwined. Yes. And yes. in order to grow professionally, you, you have got to, to work, work on, on your personal you got self. To. It's got to be inside have, out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, with that being said, I had the opportunity to read your newest book, um, Making the Shift. I absolutely love it. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And in that book, you um, talk a lot about financial literacy. Yes. And yeah. so explain to our audience how um, financial literacy is so important in not only the beauty industry, but any industry. Yeah, in your life, period. Yes. So for me, financial literacy is important. Um, I grew up I grew up in an environment where there was no education about financial literacy. Yes. So um, I, I would always hear my mom and different people say, you know, I don't have money. I don't have this. So it was, it was a really a negative environment when it came to money and other things. So I developed a poverty mentality. Okay. Um, and at first I wanted to be mad at my mom for not teaching me, but then I realized it was a, it was, it, it came down a family line. Nobody taught her about money. And that's why I'm the woman I am today, because um, there was programs and stuff in place that my mom could have paid for, but there was no money to pay mm -hmm. for them because mm -hmm. there was no money management. Oh, okay. there was no knowledge of money management. So because of that, I developed a mentality where I can't be successful. I can't make money because all I heard was negativity about, about money. money. So in my 20s, my early 20s, I was like. 
I'm not going to ever be successful financially. I'm not going to ever be able to make six figures or do this or do that because all I heard was poison concerning finances. Yes. I didn't really have anyone to encourage me like that. So I learned a lot of that once I became an adult and I started taking financial literacy yes. classes. Yes. And I developed a passion and a love like oh my god somebody should have taught me this yes so once i was taught there was something on the inside of me that wanted to provide that teaching to other people yes absolutely and, and i would just find myself just like when i'm reading the bible i would always find myself reading financial literacy books like oh my god and <laughs> it spoke to me and it and then that's when i was like i want to help people with this yes i didn't yes. have this yes so i want to be able to provide this for people so let me be more a part of learning and educating myself and putting the things in place financial wise so that I can be a teacher to what I teach other people yes. and live what I teach. Yes, absolutely. So that, that's kind of how the whole financial literacy love came because of how I grew up mm -hmm. not having that foundation. And then once I got exposure yes. to that foundation, yes. I started to fall in love with it. Yes. So it and changed my life. So, it's so important in yeah. our African-American community oh, God. because yes. our parents can't teach us something that they, they don't, don't know. <laughs> exactly. And we can't be mad at them for right. that. Right. So when you know better, you know. Do better, better. and yes. we're gonna make the generations to come better, better. financially yeah. than what was before us. Yeah. So okay. of course, like you said, why was it important to have that financial literacy knowledge? It helped me manage my money better. Mm -hmm. It helped me not live in survival mode because yes. that is just not a good place to be. And it helped me to really. Um, and I know you're gonna probably ask about the streams of income. Yeah, that is yeah. And it helped me to create multiple streams of income. Yes. So yes, that's absolutely yeah. right because people don't understand. You know with what we do in the industry if we don't have a mentality of multiple streams uh, of income if something happens to our hands yes. or our feet where we can't stand <laughs> right and if then that was all we had was that then we're gonna be we're gonna be stuck yes yes <laughs> yeah. absolutely we're gonna be stuck. yes so I know that in your book also you talk about one of my favorite authors Robert Kiyosaki yes and he has, um, I mean, he is just like one of the best yes. when it comes to finances yes. and multiple streams of income. So what other, who is another favorite author that you have um, as far as financial literacy goes? Well, I've, I've read some of Dave Ramsey's books, some of Susie or Orman books and some other people out there. But Robert Kiyosaki was definitely one of my favorites because whenever I'm, I mentor somebody, I make them read that book first. And what stuck out to me in Robert Kiyosaki book, of course, was the cash flow quadrant. Yes. Which you guys can get the book so you can yes. get more information about it. But just learning that there was a difference with being self-employed and being a business, business owner. owner. So his book spoke to me a lot. And then um, on the leadership side of things was John C. Maxwell and yes. Miles Monroe. And it still all kind of brought everything together with the financial literacy stuff because you need to be a good leader. Yes. yes. And you need to like work on yourself so you can maximize your potential. So doing that and then transitioning into Robert Kiyosaki is what really changed my life. Because like I said, inside out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I recently saw a picture on your Instagram profile uh -oh. of your little beautiful daughter oh God. bringing Susie Orman's book yeah. to you to read to her. So I know um, that picture speaks a lot yeah. because you not only are teaching um, us older ones about yeah. the importance of financial literacy, you also give back to the youth. Yes. And you have... Um, recently done an entrepreneur boot camp yes. for you. Yes. Um, tell the audience a little bit about 
about that beautiful little daughter of yes. yours and the importance of our youth being started early. Okay, so Hannah Joy, everybody knows her. <laughs> Everywhere I go, they say Hannah Joy. So, um, of course, even though my daughter is only two, she's about to be three. She has a bank account. She goes with me to speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. I talk to her about money and coins already at a young age so she can understand. I let her deposit her money into the bank. Um, and, of course, I do dollars. I let her count them if we got dollar bills. So I'm already educating her young because of the foundation that's important yes. to me. I didn't have it, so I know by her having it, her entire life is going to be different. Yes. So for the boot camp, I have a nonprofit called Touch of Joy Youth Foundation, and our goal is to provide free financial literacy classes and entrepreneur classes or inexpensive mm -hmm. to young people because when I went into school systems and I was able to see people uh, teach the kids about entrepreneurship, it sparked creativity. Yes. When I was able to teach them about financial literacy, math scores increased. So when I saw that, I said, I got to get this to more people. Yes. So that's when I started doing the entrepreneur boot camp. Yes. Which outside of school hours, then there were things on the weekends that the kids can come to and learn about starting their own business, learn about, you know, financial literacy and more. So now I'm actually touring um, an entrepreneur boot camp this year mm -hmm. in Georgia and South Carolina. And then we're going to go in some more areas. And this year when they come, they're going to do a pitch competition for their business for a chance to win money. Oh, wow. And mentorship for a year at no cost. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's important to me for the youth to learn those skills today because if I if I had that when I was in school yes I'm sure I wouldn't have had to deal with a lot of bad credit issues. Uh -huh. I wouldn't have had to deal with survivor mode and just trying to figure it out yes. as an adult. Yes, if absolutely. I had that young. Absolutely. So I'm excited about being okay. able to offer that. That is awesome. So let's shift to a personal level. Okay. Because when we started this interview, I said that you were um a hair care master <laughs> hair care specialist, an educator, a former salon owner, a speaker a author, a wife, and a mother. Yes, so that's a lot. <laughs> how do you do everything? How do you balance your personal and your professional life? Because I know you're newly married yes, as well. God. And I know our husbands, they really love our attention. Yes, so yes. tell the audience how you balance your personal and your professional so life. So that's a good question because last year was a challenge because like you said, I'm newly mm -hmm. married. So what I made a decision this year to do is make sure I do more self-care. Okay. Make sure I take time to get those massages, those pedicures, those manicures, and just meditate. I meditate all the time, but do it more. Yes. Um, and of course, my relationship with God. Yes. Having that prayer life. Because mm -hmm. I tell people, when I'm not in my word like I need to be, I'm frustrated and you don't want to be around <laughs> me. So God has to be first and I know when yes. I need to give him more yes. and I need to get more from him. So my relationship with God, my prayer life, and my faith, I know is what helps me to be able to keep that balance with, you know, my husband and my daughter mm -hmm. and just life, period. The self-care, um, stuff and that's a major thing like I said that I'm doing more of this year and just I wake up five o'clock in the morning okay I go yes. to the gym so I start my day earlier than most people so I can get stuff done mm -hmm. get and then once I transition from my gym and just my free time yeah I can go back get my daughter ready for school and that kind of kicks off the floor of my day yes so if I don't wake up at five o'clock <laughs> Whoo, talking about a long day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Lord, have mercy, Jesus. So, and then like working out, of course, helps. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, I get on that treadmill and run. Is yes, run. yes. <laughs> Burn some sweat <laughs> and some calories. So all of those things helps me create a balance. Okay. It's it's necessary at this point. And, <laughs> and I, this stage and I have also saw 
cute pictures of you and your husband on date night. Yeah. So uh, it yeah. looks like you make it a I priority to have date nights I with do. your husband. I try to do, um, We our goal was once a month, but now we're trying to do twice a month. And because I'm an entrepreneur and my husband work at night, we also do date, uh, we do, we date during the day. Okay. So when my daughter's at school, we'll do a movie during the day. Okay. Um, that's the flexibility and freedom of being an entrepreneur. Yes. So I will stop in my schedule to make sure I make time to date him during the day so we can make sure we get those days in. And okay. sometimes Sometimes if the babysitter don't work out, Hannah might be on the night dates with us, uh -huh. but we're still dating. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That yeah. is so important. I have been married um, for 25 years. That's It'll be in good. September. Congratulations. And um, I know that we still have date nights. Yes. So <laughs> it is so important. That's why y'all been married for 25 years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have to have a balance between your um, personal and your professional yeah. life. Because yeah. I know sometimes... Me as a workaholic, I can work, work, yes. work, work because I love what I do, yes. you know. And yes. my husband will look at me and he'll say, "When are you going like, to work?" <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm sitting in this room. Are you going to talk to me? Because I absolutely love what I do, right. and and right. I'm a learner, so I'm always reading a book. I would yes. rather read than watch TV. Yes, so I'm always reading and getting knowledge. That's me. And That's you me. know, the internet. Now that we have this internet, we can find so much. Yes knowledge yes. and I find myself all the time and so I have to really step back and say okay yeah let me unplug and so you plug can into sure you him make, that's <laughs> it that's it and I and, and the the date day for me actually I was like you I was so busy in my work and somebody said to me joy you make your own schedule yes so that's when I, like I said I made it a priority this year like we're going to date during the day as well too so yes. that we can make sure we get that extra date day yes so absolutely yeah I can relate to that absolutely <laughs> Okay, so like I said, I read your book, Making the Shift from Self-Employed to Entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. right? Is there anything in your book that we have not covered that you'd like our audience to know today? Um, well, one of the things was self-employed the business ownership. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is that it's not the same, and a lot that's always the first question I get when I do interviews or when I'm just out and about. Like, mm -hmm. why is it not the why, why is it not the same? And I always tell them, well, get the book. Yes. But just so the audience can know, um, it's not the same. When you're self-employed, you're trading time in for money. Yes. And when you're a business owner, you're putting systems in place and multiple streams of income in place so that you can be able to work. And if you don't want to work, you're still good. Yes. So that's just the basics of it. And of course, the book breaks it down a little bit more. But I had to learn that there was a difference. Mm -hmm. And I had to live that there was a difference. Because yes. I was like, if self-employed is supposed to be time, freedom, and all of this financial freedom, I said, this is depressing. <laughs> so I had to shift and say, it's got to be another way. And that's when I started doing my research on the definitions. And like I said, Robert Kiyosaki, yes. I, was, I was brought back to him. And mm -hmm. then I was reminded, like, there it is. Yes. There's the confirmation that it is different. <laughs> So what do I need to do so that I can get to the business ownership side? And that's when I started putting systems in place for my yes. business and multiple streams of income. Yes. So that's what I really want the audience to know from day one, that there is a difference with being self-employed and being a business owner. And if you can get that in your mindset before you open a business, yes. Your life will change and your business will never be the same because you have that structure and that foundation much better than if you just have one income stream. Yes, so absolutely. That's what I want them to know. Okay. <laughs> so if you could give a new stylist or an entrepreneur just one piece of advice, what would that be? It would be to start your business with multiple streams, streams. of income. income. 
And oh, make sure wow. they're kin to each other, meaning don't start a company and you're selling hot dogs in a hair salon. Yes. If you have a hair salon, you may sell bundles or something because it's related to each yes. other. So in your business structure, make sure you have multiple ways to make money. Yes. That would be the advice. Absolutely. <laughs> so there you have it. Yes. Where can our audience find out more about Joy McLaughlin Harris? You can go to my website, which is touchofjoy.org, and then you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joy Speaks to You. Um, and that's Joy Speaks with the S, the number two, and the letter U, and you'll be able to get information about me. Okay, well, thank you so thank much, you Joy, for, for um, joining us today on the podcast. Thank and you. don't um, hesitate to reach out to Joy and get her newest book, Making the Shift from Self Employed to Business Ownership. Yay! Thank you so much. <laughs>